Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first topic comes from ACA's Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is spiritual bypass. This is uh, one of my favorite, most important, and underrated topics, particularly in stage two recovery. A spiritual bypass means that the person is attempting to avoid the pain that can come with working through the trauma and neglect from childhood. Okay, I didn't know the pain, but like putting these things on paper, getting the clarification, realizing, you know, for me, realizing the extent of the emotional abandonment and neglect and just, you know, grieving and understanding the process of grieving, uh, you know, you know, in the U.S., um, you know, I remember interviewing someone who has written a book on grief and she had to go to other cultures. The U.S. is extraordinarily bad at, at doing grief and, you know, unknowingly said, you know, get over it. These kinds of things. Oh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, yeah, what doesn't kill you can kill you, you know, <laughs> eventually. Or what doesn't kill you that, you know, you recover from, you grieve from. And I think too often there's this, you know, idiot compassion that Pema, Pema Chodron talks about. Back to the reading. In some cases, the person attempts to jump ahead in the recovery process without going through the entire process. This path in there invariably fails or leads to dissatisfying results. And I think for me, one of the things that I have continued to learn on a day-to-day basis, particularly as an addict, is, you know, recovering addict, is, um, you know, wanting to cut corners, wanting to get a quick fix for everything. And, you know, the areas where I just focus on process, process, but, you know, I heard someone say process equals, but they say, you know, practice makes perfect. And then I heard perfect makes per- practice. The one I really like is process makes perfect. And to me, like focusing on the gym has been one of the most rewarding things. I've just done it year after year. Um, of course, they'd be nice to have these rewards, but they kind of come as a byproduct. But I think in a lot of areas, whether it was, you know, career occupations, getting skills, there was just this ability to want to cut corners. Um, and here it can be fatal because you can have a lot of recovery years wise and, you know, not feel that different on the inside. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings in recovery rooms is the problem is I don't know what the problem is. Back to the reading. While looking for answers, many of us have read countless self-help books, put on a false face and purchased products to boost your self-esteem or not purchase products, you know, to show what we think we're worth. We wanted a quick fix for our empty lives, but we found temporary relief at best. We inevitably spiraled downward into a familiar despair, wondering yet again, will it ever be my turn to be happy? When we find ACA, we hear the solution and see progress in spiritual recovery in others. This gives us hope. We learn that the tools of recovery are meant to work together, not in isolation. Many people leave ACA believing they worked the program, but it just didn't work for them. In fact, maybe they expected ACA to be another quick fix. Definitely did when I first saw it. If we used all the tools the way they're meant to be used, ACA can heal us and change our lives. That's definitely happened. By attending meetings, working the steps, reaching out to others, and finding a higher power, we can recapture our true selves, the person we were born to be. So there's four things there. Attending meetings, working the steps, reaching out to others, and finding a higher power. On this day, I will have the courage to use the tools of the ACA program, especially the one that are hardest for most of us, reaching out to others for help. Yeah, I just have to pray for the willingness to do that. You know, and not to mention, I mean, recovery could be great for everyone, but I mean, especially, obviously, you know, addicts and trauma and things like that. But, you know, it's just, I feel like there's a universal problem of loneliness, in, you know, in this country. And um, 
that's why social media is so addictive because it's very you know false uh relationships you know whether it's you know, i love to listen to podcasts but you know and I feel like Andrew Huberman, for example, has a huge influence on my life, but he's not like my friend. You know what I mean? He's not like someone I call at four in the morning going, dude. Anyways, back to the reading. The next reading is Recovery Message. Hearing the message of recovery and hope from someone else fans the dim sparks of aliveness we keep buried inside. When we got to recovery, we may have been a mess. We may not have even known it then, but many of us were broken and on our last leg. We may have even tried to kill ourselves with drugs and alcohol at some point or had unprotected sex with someone we didn't know. We may have buried our, all our light because we felt we did not deserve to experience it. Good Lord. I mean, this literature is unbelievable. We may have buried our, all our light because we felt we did not deserve to experience it. We work today to dust off the source of light inside us. That is a gift from our higher power. We pray and meditate, finding the life-saving value of doing so. We learn the message of the 12 steps and the value of this amazing fellowship that is available to us. We're grateful for the tools of recovery. If we need to get abstinent in some way, we do that with the help of the steps and the sponsor. We're not alone. On this day, I will reach out to whoever I need to help me remember and work through the trauma of my past. If there's something that is blocking me, I will do my part and ask my higher power to remove it from my path. That concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja.